0: In New Jersey, we found, New Jersey cheap governor, we found cheap money money. And and customers. Customers some
1: Democratic
0: Hello everyone. Mike here. We got a little carried away on this episode and it went beyond our usual length of time. So in the interest of keeping this episode its normal length, we're going to split our segments into two episodes. This episode will still feature the headlines and Casey's segment on the Green Party, my segment on Biden and Harris along with new headlines will be featured in another episode with that said enjoy the show welcome to this week's episode of jersey matters we are your hosts i'm mike perino
1: and i'm casey mclean
0: this week we're going to give you a real quick coronavirus update followed by murphy's corner where we'll discuss his, the new stuff that he's been doing in the past week or so then we're gonna to go to the headlines where we're gonna talk about kind of a series of strange news in New Jersey, because it's really all that's going on. We have someone hired a murderer with Bitcoin, a former mayor play, pled guilty to stealing money, a former Jersey city medical treasurer charged with embezzlement, and a bunch of stuff about animals invading our state. So it's it's a great, <laughs> great headlines this week. After the headlines, we're gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about Biden and Kamala Harris, because that made the news last week. I can't believe it's this late, like almost in August. It took them to August to decide who the VP was going to be. And Casey's going to talk about the Green Party in New Jersey. So, starting off with the coronavirus update. Usually I say for like the past few weeks that things have been going pretty good in New Jersey. The numbers have been relatively low, which in a certain sense still is true. But there is like a development that is worth talking about, which is around the end uh, the end or middle of July, so around July 22nd onwards, you start seeing a upward trend. So uh, with the largest increase being on August 13th, we had 656 new cases in one day. And there's a lot of reporting issues, which is pretty evident from just looking at the numbers, because on August 16th, which is a Sunday, officially zero cases were reported, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever there's zero chance that there were zero cases they just didn't count on sunday and then reported zero which is not uh, a scientific way to do these things <laughs> they should just say they have no data instead of skewing the uh, uh, the way that like the, the statistics look so why are these happening uh, why why are the cases going up well we could probably start with Around 400 people were found inside of a New Jersey strip club. This was in Elizabeth. The article doesn't really have much, but it says, Officials say that the manager of a strip club in Elizabeth has been issued a citation after up to 400 people were inside his business recently without any masks. So I don't know if the issue was they were just in the strip club without masks or if they were just in the strip club. I feel like just being having 400 people in a strip club is probably not good.
1: I was, I was going to say, like, that seems excessive. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, like, from the strip clubs I've been to, uh, definitely not a 400 capacity situation.
0: I don't even know what that would look like. That's more people than strippers. So, like, I mean, of course, there's always more people than strippers in a strip club, I suppose. But, like, <laughs> but like, that's way more. Like, how would you even see the, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, Just don't go weird. to strip clubs. Yeah. Like, in general, don't go. But
1: Just don't. Yeah. Just say no. Yeah. And that's not the only issue we're having with uh, Corona. There's the issue of contract tracing, not reaching everyone that should be contacted.
0: (laughs) Yeah, certainly. So if we'll recall, one of the things that we praised Murphy for in his like, uh, what was it? The six point plan to reopen.
1: Yeah. The road to recovery. (laughs) The road to
0: recovery was that he was going to ensure that there is robust contract contact tracing so that we know who has it and we can more easily open. This is an excellent idea because right. <laughs> it works. It's how they handled it in China and how they are currently handling it. And it's reemergence in Beijing. It's how they handle it in South Korea and Japan. And it's how you handle diseases. You have to know where they're at to know how to like quarantine and, stop its spread but as as we point out like this isn't really happening uh now they're not really contact tracing in any serious sense part of this i think is i mean i don't know for certain but there's been a lot of articles about like funding uh not just it towards new jersey but in general uh being cut from uh like the cdc helping the states in areas like new jersey and um new york because uh In Trump's mind, these areas are, like, done, and now he needs to worry about the red states, where where his voter base largely is. So I'm not really sure what to make of that. What do do you think, Casey?
1: Well, it's it's tough because from—according to tapinto.net, I strongly believe there are not enough contact tracers working. According to—as of August 1st, according to this article, there's only been, like, 1,344 contact tracers— at work statewide and uh <laughs> what's our population four it's million like, five like million million or something yeah like that. <laughs> a lot of people and the fact is is that because we're a commuter state we are a vacation state there is physically no way and we talked about it even with unemployment in new jersey there's physically not enough people working to coordinate the effort for unemployment and for contact tracing in the state so it's kind of laughable that you have this amount of people who are responsible for just in general the uh, <laughs> the safety and health of the state and there's just not enough people to make this happen and they haven't been doing it effectively people i mean you just told me i don't know if you said it on the recording but there was a starbucks near you that you went to all the time that shut down because of covid and uh
0: <laughs> yeah no no one's contacted me i mean and i the... use i use an app and everything to even order from there so it's not like i'm anonymous paying with <laughs> like yes. cash and stuff that's what's it's baffling oh.
1: yeah and they're uh they're saying the health department is saying that um it's a multilingual Public awareness campaign to encourage people to, con- to respond to the contact tracer calls and saying that they're not supposed to be asking for a social security number, any kind of financial information, or immigration status. And they're urging everyone um, to take the call. <laughs> but again, with everything like this kind of situation, you're going to have a ton of people who are pretending to be contact tracers and trying to get this information. And it's going to cause a bad reputation for the contact tracer call in general, but it's just, I feel like it could be much, much, much easier done than what what is happening right now. Like you could easily email people, you could text people. You don't just have to call, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You could put up flyers, like there's all these.
0: Information gathering is important too, because it's hard to know, for instance, who was in Starbucks, right? They could look at all the people that just ordered, right? through like an app, but not everyone does that. But in like part of the reason how how, or part of the way China dealt with it was you would go into a store or like an area and basically either digitally or on paper fill out a form that you were there. So that way what you basically would leave like a paper trail or a digital trail of what like what, what you did. Right? Yeah. So that way if you get sick or someone near you gets sick they can then trace everyone or at least as many people as they can because obviously there's always going to be errors and i know americans like hate this concept of they find that a huge invasion of their privacy and all that stuff i don't want to get into a huge debate about that but here's the here's the thing i mean you're carrying around a cell phone on you you're using the internet without using a vpn you're you're constantly (laughs) leaving a digital trail for corporations and the government to see you like your protestations of of, of like how how that system they did which effectively saved pe- people's lives is totalitarian means yeah. absolutely nothing to me yeah
1: <laughs> and it's it's one of those things of with the uh with the vaccine that they're developing there's a the conspiracy theory that the bill gates uh foundation is going to be injecting microchips into people to track it's their like, every move it's, it's like why do you have say. a cell phone then delete I, I, like you don't need a microchip you don't you're need a, posting what don't. you eat where you go every day
0: i always you know. love how the people who hold those like microchip theories are like the least price pop this they're the least like revolutionary and least um <laughs> threat to the u.s government or like corporations in any way possible like how could you have such a high opinion of yourself that you think like your existence just from reading bunk conspiracy theories on reddit is actually a threat to the government like it's baffling they're um, not worried no they're not <laughs> and
1: the new Jersey schools schools yeah oh
0: god this is such a <laughs> such a headache because it's coming so soon yeah and i don't know i'm gonna say not that i ever had faith in in murphy <laughs> i just thought he, i thought i thought he's done decently well but lately it's I get it. Our, our state is starved funding, but maybe he needs to pull out some of that, like, anger in him and actually advocate for us on, like, a national stage instead of just, like, you know, going to, like, a small outlet or, like,
1: the yeah. New York Times.
0: And there's, like, one publishing uh, uh thing or, like, one article published.
1: Like, yeah, but what would be great is he had, like, a newsletter that you could opt into where you get an yeah. update of... What he's doing, what our Congress is, our state Congress is doing, and different kinds of ideas that they're floating around to, because this is a state issue, but it's being heavily influenced on a federal level.
0: You work with the other states, uh, like New Jersey um, and New York and Pennsylvania alone, which were already working together on like the reopening. Like how much of the U.S. economy is, that's a lot yeah probably not more than California. California itself is like a huge thing. But if you start working with the West Coast people as well, like keep the yeah. government will have to cave to our demands. It's just well, it's it's bothers me so much because we are not ready to reopen schools. it's it's no. a fantasy that you can reopen the schools and and uh, everything will go well. All we're doing, which is what all that we've been doing, or rather say what we haven't been doing, is reacting is, is reacting, and we're just pushing off the economic, and health recovery constantly by screwing this up and yeah. it's so obvious because we're literally the worst in the world right now possibly the only countries that are doing worse um, or at least equivalently bad are brazil and india countries that don't have the wealth and development and capacity to address it like we do well we, we clearly don't have it. <laughs> but uh, we, we don't really have much excuses other than poor planning and um, uh, putting profit over people
1: yeah, well, there is the the development in Los Angeles, which I'm hoping Murphy, because this is what he's been doing in general with every step of COVID, is looking at other examples and trying to implement the best practices here. And Los Angeles is partnering with the private sector to um, basically use technology. And I don't know the exact, you know, the specifics about their plan, but they're engaging with their surrounding environment and trying to put kids back into school because it is ideally best for the the local economy to have school open because then parents can go back to work or they could work from home without the distraction of having to teach their kids as well as work a full day. But until we start engaging, like there's been no news for yes. the New Jersey private sector of you know, us engaging with them, with local companies, and trying to implement new things, all I'm hearing is maybe we'll put <laughs> plexiglass on the school buses to separate the kids. <laughs> oh, God, I know. And then the you other know? thing, what
0: gets me is the complete lack of creativity and almost our entire, and imagination in our entire political ruling class, including Murphy. Because it what, what, what gets me is, this is the time for some bold, interesting new ideas. Like, Okay, so part of the reason why we have to open school – well, they say why we have to open them is because there's two reasons. We want uh, parents to go back to work. So already it's just an issue there of just compelling people to get sick, and we need to have the kids go somewhere because you can't just leave them home. And the other issue is they're just like, oh, we'll just send them back to school, right? Okay, so the the, the thing that you want is a daycare for people who need it. So I don't know. Why doesn't New Jersey just create public daycares, emergency Mm -hmm. ones? And just why don't we just do that? Yeah. There's nothing that's can. There's nothing that stops them from doing it, other than the oh, you know, well we can't do that.
1: Yeah,
0: well like, it's why? never been
1: done before. Well, it's
0: never been done before. Well, just do it. Just create. It. Use your brain. Use your brain. Use resources.
1: your brain. <laughs> And that's the interesting thing about restaurants around even like wineries. I went to a winery because I'm like it's a beautiful day, I want to support a local business and they have touchless like food delivery and drink delivery and everything's digital and it's opening the gateway for the opportunity to use technology in a way in the restaurant industry in like every other different industry in New Jersey you can use technology to uh, enhance the experience and keep people safe in general. Like this is going to be something that's probably going to be kept on because it just makes more sense. Like salons have been able to, my salon, um, the owner told me she was able to digitize the booking of appointments and digitize that's, the contact reminders through text, 20, through email. It's 2020 account. that
0: should have already been, been done. Exactly. It, but it amazes the, me the amount of like uh, small, I mean, that's good inv- yeah. innovation amazing the amount of small businesses that have just basically all the way up until twenty twenty have gotten away with like 1970s practices.
1: Yes, but it's it's they haven't and that's what my salon owner was telling me. She's like I haven't had like the time to learn it Fair to enough. implement it. to or like test the need. It. Or the need. Yeah exactly. Like you just call your your have your stylist call the um client the day before, confirm the appointment, move on. But it's the ability to utilize this time to come up with new technology, to come up with new devices, to come up with new, just like, it makes you realize that there's, things are old. Like yes. the the New Jersey classroom, it's old, it's dated. What can we do to breathe life into it? How can we get kids who are in schools that are underfunded technology so that they can, you know, not only just during quarantine, go to school virtually, but every day they should have had access to this stuff. They should have had access to this technology to enhance their education just the same way as private schools or even schools, just public schools in more affluent neighborhoods. Everyone should have access to this stuff. And the quarantine is forcing people to rethink what was never thought about in the first place. Exactly. So it's an think- opportunity to excel or an opportunity to get everyone affected with COVID and have <laughs> a spike in our numbers.
0: Exactly. I think part of the issue why people can't imagine these things happening is because the the government, not just in New Jersey, but in the entire country, is basically one giant grift project for like rich people and corporations. So, like, you know, they run things and then they use the government to basically loot the country, which is what they did with the CARES Act, but, like, all the time. Like, they, 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 they always are doing this. So people have gotten, like, this cynicism based off of the real existing practice of how our government works, but then transcribe that into a, like, a dogmatic principle that, like, well, the government just can't do this stuff because it, it just can't be done. When When we have real-life examples, like, in the real world of governments doing things like these... Like all over, and uh, it's just the it's 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 a kind of a weird inverted form of American exceptionalism. Like you know, the American exceptionalism is usually like, oh, you know, we're the best, we can do whatever we uh we want. Whereas like this inverted form is kind of like just projecting on the entire world the awfulness, the corruption, and like the limitations of of what our government can and can't do. What are, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, it's the same thing you get in corporate America too. It's the idea that if you're like a disruptor is only good for, you know, t- the tech industry. And you think that, you know, when someone comes along with new ideas and wants to shake things up, they're often, you know, like the, what is the the crab in the barrel theory? Yes. Um, yes. Like, <laughs> you don't want, you don't want to do anything extra you don't want to, you know, change up the status quo, because it's what you're comfortable with. And so many people, that's, you know, what we're seeing with um, people with diversity inclusion, they're afraid to do the wrong thing, or say the wrong thing, or implement the wrong thing, or be perceived the wrong way, or doing too much too fast and scaring people. But it's, that's what needs to happen <laughs> more often than not, in every industry, the pu- the public sector, the private sector, change needs to happen. Yes. it's it's the catalyst for success and for future planning and innovation. You need to be uncomfortable, and there's in order no to better
0: change. time than yes. a crisis. and like, what's interesting is we as working class people don't know that in general. You know, we're busy living the crisis. It's difficult to imagine how we can do something new when we're so worried about how we're going to live but the but the issue is the the ruling class they see a crisis they think this is an excellent opportunity to just do everything that we've always wanted to do and then we see this happen over and over again there's actually a a phrase and term that's used for this i think um i might be wrong but i think naomi klein the journalist canadian journalist popularized it disaster capitalism like if you if you imagine Mm -hmm. after katrina when it came through and leveled a bunch of New Orleans New Orleans the result wasn't people going back into their homes it was you know banks and stuff coming in uh profiting off of it by buying like these destroyed properties and then turning it into like expensive real estate and then just leaving the uh, other people to to uh, like basically out the drive yeah and because that's you're, you're... What's happening now on a national scale and on a local scale here in New Jersey
1: yeah absolutely Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> that's op- your capitalism. I'm, op- I'm, an,
0: op- I'm an optimist uh, right now. So, like, we can... Are you? I am. Uh, these these BLM <laughs> protests, not the sidetrack, but have really energized me in, in terms of their, their militancy. And I know it's kind of dying down a little bit now, but people are angry as hell. And uh. we're currently facing... I just... I read this statistic. About 40% of renters in the country... Are facing eviction at the end of August. And that's around, I forget what it was, it was like 40 million people, so like 12% of the population. Now, obviously, not all of them are going to end up getting evicted. And maybe the government will realize that's a crisis waiting to happen. But people's lives aren't getting better. And they're getting angrier, because there's less and less excuses now. It's This has been going on for way too long, um, yeah. just in terms of COVID, but also for decades, how much the government hasn't cared about us at all. So overall, I'm an optimist. People are really uh, <laughs> angry right now, and that's good. So let's before we get bogged down on this, let's move to uh, Murphy's Corner.
1: Yeah. What
0: has the governor been up to lately?
1: Okay, so Governor Murphy, he's passed about four executive orders since we last recorded. So on the 13th, he passed two executive orders. So Executive Order 175 and 176. So 175 is Murphy administration to open New Jersey schools for in-person instruction, subject to critical health and safety protocols. And we talked about this during the coronavirus segment, but I know that Governor Murphy has said that all schools in New Jersey have to have an opt out option. So a virtual only option for the curriculum. So that'll be interesting to see how schools adapt and if they're going to end up doing that as more people get, you know, God forbid, more people get infected in the school district. uh, If everyone's just going to shift to um, virtual instruction only. So we'll see as time goes on, because I think New Jersey schools open after Labor Day. We'll see. So, Executive Order 176, Governor Murphy lifts state of emergency declared in response to the hurricane that just passed. And then on the 14th, he passed two Executive Orders, 177 and 178. Governor Murphy, for 177, signs Executive Order to protect public health by mailing every active registered voter a vote-by-mail ballot ahead of the general election. And then, again, on the 14th, Executive Order 178, Governor Murphy signs executive order extending certain statutory deadlines across the state government, which there's more details about that, but you know, nothing too critical, but I am interested because there's a lot of debate about uh, the vote by mail ballot. And it's just a reminder for everyone to make sure you are a registered voter. You don't have to be declared to any party but you should be registered at your current address because that's what they're going to check at the, um, what is it called? The, where do you vote?
0: (laughs) Uh, The polling.
1: The polling station. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Station. I call it the place. The 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 voting place.
1: (laughs) Uh, But that's that's about about it. I actually think—I
0: didn't mention it in the headlines, but um, since the next few are kind of quick, we should talk about this. So everyone's going to be—not everyone, but a lot of people are going to be doing mail-in ballots, and, and this is good. However, we're also seeing developments uh, nationally with the United States Postal Service, and Trump and his cronies in there basically gutting it. Have you seen this?
1: They're,
0: removing, they're removing sorting stations in the USPS uh, offices all over— Uh, the country, which is going to clearly make it difficult. And these are ones that that they they have said are literally used for like things like ballots. Yeah. So (laughs) what's getting me is uh, we're seeing um, this is blatantly an attempt to rig the election. But I do want
1: to, I do want to point out, this is a conspiracy theorist to me, um, but I do want to point out that there are tons of polls going around right now where it's, the Republicans think the Democrats are trying to rate the election and then the and vice versa. And then, you know, it's Trump does not operate on his own as crazy as he is. He, you know, his benefactors Great. are both Democrat and Republican, you know. It, yeah, <laughs> I I'm actually like, I
0: was I was planning on talking about a little bit of that. About. Yeah. um the democratic party's relationship to trump uh in in my segment because it's interesting
1: but but i do want to highlight that fact because a lot of people think that it's trump acting on his own or the republicans acting on their own but there there's a lot of people who are democrat in name only and republican in name only and they're all manipulated by their donors so yes when you I would hear, just, I just want to complicate
0: things a bit because I agree with what you're saying, but um, in this issue, I think we need to uniquely look at um, Republicans just right now because they're the ones in power. Uh, that's not to say there's not Democrats in power, obviously, but Trump <laughs> Trump is running as like a president against uh, a candidate while openly trying to rig the election in his favor, speaking out against mail-in ballots warning about the fraud with mail-in ballots, which is like virtually non-existent. But that's not to say that it's not an issue. Like fraud from the point of view of fake ballots. We've covered here before fraud from the point of view of ballots wrongly discounted. That's a different thing. Um, That is a real issue, especially with signatures. We were talking about that in in New Jersey. And that's still an issue we have to watch out for. Uh, And that's an issue that Democrats were doing. To discount uh, ballots um, in New Jersey because Democrats largely run New Jersey. But the 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 thing that worries me is we have basically a feckless opposition, which I'm going to get into that uh, later as well. But like he's basically openly saying he's going to rig the election by (laughs) doing this stuff, and people's response to that is, well, you got to make sure you go out and vote. Yeah, I don't think this is the smartest decision. Like, like voting, yeah, do it. Um, if you feel like it, like if you're really determined and you believe it's good, vote. But you got to be prepared to do a little more than just voting if they're gonna steal an election. Because the last time the GOP stole an election in 2000, well, some argue also 2004, <laughs> but in 2000 it was blatant. They stole the election. If people don't remember, Jeb Bush basically rigged it in Florida so bad that it went up to the Supreme Court. And then the Supreme Court just decided that they don't need to count votes anymore, and they're just going to make Bush president. And what did the Democrats do? They folded immediately. They didn't care. They just—Al Gore just sat down like the weakest candidate ever. And I don't know. All I'm saying is, do you think um, Pelosi, who was also in the House at the time, (laughs) and Chuck Schumer, who was also— I. don't remember if he was in the house or the senate but he was in congress at the time and biden and harris are going to like lead the charge they didn't do it last time why are they why would they do it this time so like people people as a whole need need to be ready to rise up and protest and civil disobedience in the event that there that that there there is like election fraud um and it seems like actually we should be rising up now you should be because of these the USPS stuff, not just buying stamps, not just buy stamps. I've seen that all over. <laughs> Later. Oh, let's buy stamps. that your thirty cents of buying stamps isn't doing shit. Like get ready to uh, pick it outside of a congressperson's house. Like, get yeah. Ready to drive your ass down to DC if you live uh, close enough. Stuff like that. Just wanted to add that there.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. But I think I don't want to say I'm a pessimist now, but for me, the presidential election it is a priority. But is it the most critical position that we should all, you know, raise hell about? No. Like, a lot of these things that are egregious are happening on a state and local level. And yes. as and Biden and Trump, it's just, you know, in my opinion, it's one reported sex offender versus another sex reported uh, alleged yeah, yeah. sex offender. Oh, and the I'll idea that, that we'll talk more yeah. about that in your yeah, segment, definitely. but the idea that both parties are saying that the other one's going to rig it and just trump is just the more i don't know like like what do you call it when you have like a like meatball hands or whatever i forgot the term but it's like he's just you know messing it up very obviously and the Democrats are obviously going to do their best to rig it and mess it up in whatever way they want to
0: exactly but, but it just folks- it
1: just it's both disgusting.
0: bad <laughs> they're both disgusting and it drives me nuts that our options are these
1: yeah i'll talk, we'll I, talk about that later yeah. let's,
0: let's, let's burn through these headlines and because um, we have some good ideas here it's uh <laughs> if i say so let's, let's develop them um all right so this is a really weird story <laughs> i don't know why i'm laughing because it's a murder uh, so <laughs> A New Jersey man was accused of paying $20,000 in Bitcoin to have sex crimes victim killed. I'm just going to read from the article from Coindesk, which I've never heard of this source, but I think they know what they're talking about because they have how much Bitcoin's worth up on their stuff and all these other cryptocurrencies. So I think it's a cryptocurrency website. Uh, reading from the article, John Michael Mooseback faces federal murder for hire charges and interstate commerce violations in U.S. District Court for the District of New Jersey, according to an August 10th criminal complaint unsealed Thursday. Busbach, 31, allegedly attempted to pay a dark web hitman 40 Bitcoin, or BTC, I don't know, is that, is that, 40, is that 40 Bitcoin? Whatever. <laughs> $20,000 at the time to kill a uh, 14-year-old in May 2016, just two months before Musbach admitted to New Jersey law enforcement he and the victim had exchanged sexually explicit material online on September 25th. Uh, t- sorry, September 2015. He would later plead guilty to state-level sex crime violations. The arranged May 2016 hit never went through. According to the chat log submitted in the complaint, the Murder for Hire service duped the user alleged to be Musbach into paying more Bitcoin before ultimately claiming the site was a scam to expose criminals. That's based. That's... That's pretty. I mean, like, yeah. That's a good. I, I kind of. I want to get in on that somehow. <laughs> Pretend to be a murder for hire, get twenty thousand dollars, and just turn somebody into the cops. That's yeah. But that's do not you get bad. to
1: keep it? Do you get to keep it though?
0: Ah, uh, shit. You're right. Probably not.
1: Well, if it's if it's Bitcoin, I like. I don't know. Bitcoin, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like you Maybe. can just blockchain that. <laughs> I
0: don't know. We'll have to look into that. So is there we'll anything, have to look uh... into that anything? <laughs> Agents say they linked Mosbach to, the, to the attempted hit by tracing the Bitcoin to his Coinbase account and by cross-listing his dark market screen name with other internet accounts. He faces 10 years in prison and a $250,000 fine if convicted. Um, wow, that's disgusting. And, you know, to any Bitcoin fans out there, I mean, I've trashed Bitcoin on here, I think, once before at least. This is just another reason why Bitcoin sucks. I mean... Bitcoin sucks. It's, is it that Bitcoin
1: sucks, or... That's the true
0: moral of the story. <laughs> yeah, no, this guy's a disgusting human being. Yeah,
1: it's it, I mean, Bitcoin seriously. itself, from my understanding of it, could be good because the the US dollar is not a gold standard. It's, you know, we're falling behind in currency market. Like, I'm not a financial person. I just know that our idea and our concept of what money is is not what it really is. And one of these days, you know, it's going to explode.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, here, without diving deep into the political economy of, of <laughs> currency uh, and like currency in general, I, I would just say that what Bitcoin advocates claim that it is or what it has the potential to be, which is a, a stateless, free currency, w- whatever, will never happen um, it'll Sounds never right. gain traction You're not, it's not how currencies it's not how currencies work currencies yeah. have to have the backing of a government what makes Bitcoin Bitcoin is like a it's a financial asset that's what it is it's it's actually functions virtually no different than gold but it does, actually it's worse than gold it's just a because it's not even really real it's not a tangible co- commodity it's just its prices based it real, off of Mike? pure speculation. <laughs> money is real. Money, money's, a, money's. A, it's
1: all an illusion.
0: Money, <laughs> money, money is real in the sense that it represents the exchanges of value. It doesn't matter it, what we use for money. It just Mike, matters.
1: The sooner everyone gets on board with we're gonna go back to trading times where it's chickens and go. The goats, barter system. The barter system. Yeah. That's where the economy is gonna go. Ooh, what yeah, if- <laughs> you need to get ready
0: for the future barter system after COVID decimates us.
1: After... <laughs> I'm going to trade my mint stores. I just want to ask,
0: like- uh, ask Bitcoin advocates, like the U.S. economy is going to contract by one third this uh, year, according to the the Fed, which is like virtually unprecedented. So that also kind of puts the nail on the coffin of the whole V-shaped recovery crowd. So like why would I want to purchase Bitcoin? <laughs> like, like, what would that, how would the, How would that help me? How do I even have the money to purchase Bitcoin? And like, for most people, Bitcoin's completely irrelevant. It's just like a weird way to anonymously purchase stuff. And you don't need Bitcoin for that. You could do it with dollars. It's called cash. You could just pay cash for stuff. <sighs> um, anyway, let's move on. Um, <laughs> so what's going on with this former mayor? Who, well,
1: uh, well, well, well. Uh, so, this is a New Jersey News Network article written by Titus Fadelin. Fadolin. Fadolin Vado, first name. Valodin, Titus, but <laughs> former New Jersey mayor pleads guilty to stealing more than $75,000. So, um, the Attorney General of New Jersey announced Thursday that the former Middlesex Borough Mayor, Ronald J. Demura, Uh, pleaded guilty to stealing more than $75,000 from various local political campaigns. So over the past seven years, uh, Ronnie uh, served as a treasurer for the Middlesex Borough Democratic Campaign Committee, as well as a number of other campaigns for candidates seeking local office in the Middlesex Borough. (laughs) The attorney general said that he exploited his position as mayor and his role as a local party leader for his personal gain, betraying betraying borough residents and party members who placed their trust in him. And uh, the attorney general said, I've formed the Office of Political Integrity and Accountability to ensure, among other things, that public officials are held accountable if they abuse their power. This guilty plea reflects our commitment to that mission. So...
0: Sounds like he just pissed off the wrong people because, like, I mean, that's bad (laughs) grifting, it's bad, but like, how could the the, the attorney, like, how could you even say that with a straight face as if, like, most of New Jersey politicians aren't just stealing from people all the time?
1: Yeah, like, it's, I mean, it's New Jersey, but uh, apparently, he, under the plea agreement, uh, Ronnie's receiving a sentence of seven years imprisonment and is. Banned from public office and employment in New Jersey.
0: Like, oh, wow. What? Just even even public uh, employment. What about um like is he gonna give the money back? Like how does that work?
1: Yeah, he's ordered to pay eighty three thousand three hundred seventy two, and he has to forfeit the remainder of the funds he stole. Um, so sentencing is scheduled for January 15, twenty one, uh, but I guess you know depending on how much funds he stole he could kind of i don't know and that are remaining i just want to know like he's not the only one that's done this you know so i'm excited to see the attorney general to see if this uh this little public accountability and integrity group is going to yeah. <laughs> crack down on this because you could
0: use a like a sustained coru- anti-corruption campaign in new yeah. jersey frankly um, new
1: jersey needs it the most
0: <laughs> probably probably yeah yeah
1: like Come on. Ugh. An and then a, In the related next, news. Yeah. <laughs> the news. Uh, same source New Jersey News Network. Uh this is by like I guess anonymous. They didn't post uh what the um uh, the journalist's name is, but this is a headline called uh, former Jersey City Medical Center treasurer charged with embezzlement. So <laughs> Linda Rogers, a former secretary, treasurer of a Jersey City City Medical Center union, and her daughter, Jennifer, are accused of embezzling $40,455 from the union's checking and savings accounts, according to U.S. attorney Craig Carpentino, Um, and he announced that on Thursday. So Linda, who's 71, and her daughter, Jennifer, 38 were indicted by a federal grand jury with one count each of conspiracy to embezzle and embezzlement. So according to the officials, they reportedly embezzled around $40,000 from local 2254 of the American federal state County and municipal allocated transit workers union. (laughs) And, um, they made their court appearances Thursday via a video conference. And, um, According to the indictment, Linda was formerly employed by the Jersey City Medical Center as a medical clerk. She also held a part time position at Local 2254 as its secretary treasurer. She had sole control over the union's checkbook and savings account. From July 2016 through August 2017, she and her daughter, also a former employee at the hospital, deposited 112. Unauthorized checks from the local 2254's checkbook to their joint checking and savings accounts totaling 35,276. From October 2016 through December 2016, Linda Rogers made six telephonic wire transfers from the local 2254 savings account totaling 5,188 into her personal credit card account. None of the expenditures were authorized. Or for legitimate union purposes, So the total loss was 45, forty five forty thousand four hundred and fifty five dollars. So, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of money, and just stolen from a union. Like, are you kidding me? And oh
0: my God, how do you know what to say? It's just like, I'm gonna again to say it. We need a thorough anti-corruption <laughs> campaign in New Jersey that just roots out this, like, rot that's just everywhere.
1: Like, you would think that, I don't know, that someone else had to know about it. Like, that's the crazy thing is someone else is either doing the same thing. Like, you don't just learn how to do this and just you do it.
0: You no. Know, also, you, you can't just, like, embezzle on your own. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I don't know. Like,
1: it's... it's and if no one's looking at the like forty thousand dollars from this account just gone. What? Yeah. I wonder if it was just um depending on how long, maybe it was small amounts that over time, like that uh what is that movie, Office oh, Space? Oh, Office how Space. They- <laughs> yeah, 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 I love that. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're gonna they, round it up.
0: <laughs> they, yeah, they accidentally uh uh what was it? They they like forgot a zero or something like that, so they were stealing more than they meant.
1: Yeah. Uh so maybe that's what happened here. <laughs> but uh I wonder what cause this was they're um gonna be arranged tomorrow. Um, but I wonder what their sentencing is gonna be. If they're gonna get any kind of plea deal, if they're gonna squeal on anyone. Why uh, is it
0: never like it's never somebody stealing from like a bank right? or like 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 rich people, like 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 stuff that like no one would really care about. If like
1: well, because they have—I I mean, I think it's harder. Oh, I it's mean, totally way harder. you have plenty of and it's only when the the rich and powerful think that you're one of them that you're able to steal from them. Like a uh, lot uh...
0: the the Enron stuff. Yeah. Bernie Madoff, like like yeah, like what he did was really terrible and hurt a lot of regular people as well. But um, the rich people hurt regular people all the time, <laughs> and they just hate it when you like step on their toe. Mm-hmm. So that was his big issue. He'd never yeah. would have gotten in trouble if he didn't um, basically scam rich people as well.
1: Yeah, scam poor people. It's a it's a lighter sentence. Um, you know, lighter fines. <laughs> uh, and then we have the uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the sea lice that is invading.
0: Oh, we have a series of a
1: series of, uh, of animal related <laughs> updates for New Jersey. So the press of Atlantic City reported that sea lice has been found at some South Jersey beaches. And this is because of the hurricane uh, that rocked New Jersey last week. So sea lice, the larvae of stinging jellyfish have been found near ocean city, Avalon and stone Harbor, likely to be pushed to New Jersey from Florida by the, the storm and stinging jellyfish have been known to show up in New Jersey, but it's the sea lice. They can specifically apparently cause burning sensations and rashes and um, including a skin reaction known as sea ba- sea bathers eruption. And uh, apparently a severe case can cause uh, a, a need to go to get medical treatment because I think everyone's probably been stung by a jellyfish before, but I think this is more, I don't want to say dangerous, but it's more alarming to me because I think you can't really see it as well as jellyfish.
0: Jellyfish are, like, so cool but weird and, yeah. and kind of creep me out as well. <laughs> I don't know if you have the same opinion about jellyfish. Like, I see pictures of them online. I'm like, wow, they look really cool. But when I'm at the beach and I see them, I'm like, get these disgusting creatures away from me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. And then also, like, at the end of August, you'll just see, like, their carcasses all on the, the shore. Yeah. And then uh, if you step on them, some of them can still... I don't want to say, like, be actively stinging you, but sometimes you could step on one that you think is dead and it's not. Um, it just kind
0: of feels like a bee sting. Yeah. But it sucks. Like yeah. It's not good. And also, you know, um, um, uh, depending on what kind of uh, uh, jellyfish it is, like, it could be pretty serious. Uh, not that we have... Um, I think there's ones in, like, Australia, where, right, where you get stung and you have, like, a couple minutes before, you like, you're paralyzed. <laughs> Yeah. Right. That like, <laughs> okay. I'm glad we don't have those. Unless is that what these ones are? That'd be terrifying if that's that's not these ones, right?
1: No, no, no. We don't have um that bad of a jellyfish problem. I think it's a specific breed. Yeah, um,
0: Yeah. No, ours are like different. Plus, if there's a bunch of them, it's not good to get stung over and over again either.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but
0: like, yeah, it can cause health problems
1: too. Yeah, but uh, you have a story about an too, an emu. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, not only did jellyfish invade our great state the great garden state but a wayward emu uh was also running through a new jersey city according to the federal news network um also uh, this was originally reported by the associated press a wayward emu was taken to an animal shelter after it was captured while running through the streets of a northern new jersey city that's patterson okay a <laughs> woman spotted the long-legged bird on tuesday morning in a residential neighborhood near patterson's border with Tottawa. Animal control officers managed to snare the emu, which is about four feet tall. The emu was placed in a large animal cart and was taken to a shelter where officials arranged for the emu to be examined by a veterinarian. (laughs) Officials were not sure whether the bird had escaped from a farm or was just running out in the wild. (laughs) Um, Chief animal control officer John DeCando told NJ.com, the emu appeared healthy. He could not determine its age or sex, quote, but I could tell you it needs a bath.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah,
1: I know. I wonder um, if someone kept it as a pet and then just got sick of it and released it into the streets.
0: I couldn't even tell you. That's yeah. I would start laughing so hard if I, if I was sitting in traffic and the emu just like ran by. Yeah. I'm like,
1: this what is, is this? this is life now. This is... Yeah.
0: In addition, not just emus are running through our towns and cities and countryside, <laughs> but new invasive bugs, as reported by KMOV4... New Jersey counties are under quarantine for another reason. Invasive bugs. Oh, God, this article, I guess, which was originally from CNN. Oh, I hate that they all, every article does this. Just
1: regurgitates?
0: No, no, it's the puns. Quarantine bugging you? Imagine how New Jersey residents feel. State authorities have placed eight counties under additional quarantine because of an exotic and invasive insect known as the spotted lanternfly. It actually looks pretty beautiful, to be honest. It looks weird. The insect is native to China and South Korea and poses a risk to more than 70 plant species, including fruit, uh, fruit trees, vegetables and vines. It was first detected in Berks County, Pennsylvania in 2014. Residents of the quarantine counties, Warren, Hunterdon, Mercer, Burlington, that's my county, Camden, Gloucester, Salem and Somerset, are urged to inspect their cars for the bug before leaving the New Jersey Department of Agriculture said. Spotted Lanternfly is an excellent hitchhiker, known for its ability to travel quickly by clinging onto vehicles. It's believed to have traveled from China to Pennsylvania by hitching a ride on a shipment. Wait, what?
1: Seems like another China-based conspiracy theory. Um, first it was the seeds, now it's these bugs.
0: I feel like it's an incomplete story, because you, you how, how would you, like, like, was it a shipping container? Was it the boat? How did the boat get to Pennsylvania from China? Like there's a lot of questions I have. Was it an airplane? Like like like, I mean, maybe they don't know, but, but how do you how do you just know it came from China and it's in Pennsylvania? I'm not doubting it, but it's just super funny. also the the thing the article says it's from South Korea and China, but the uh, caption of the picture just says it's hails from China. How do you tell if it's a if it's a South Korean versus Chinese uh, uh lantern fly? I, I don't know. But that's kind of funny and in like a weird way. Just we, I guess we have a lot of animals and bugs now just invading our state, as they say. Just kind of a, actually kind of a problematic uh, phrasing. Um, but anyway, that's it for the headlines. Casey, do you want to begin by talking about the, the Green Party?
1: Let me tell you <laughs> about the Green Party candidates for president. Because as you may know, our country believes that we have to go red or blue. But I want to point out we can go green or any other different color because they're another... There are a number of different other organizations that you could vote for. And I mean, we've talked about it before that um off the pod that all these different political groups need to start focusing more locally and working their way up. But it's always great to see a a Green Party member on the, the ballot for the presidential election. So so we have Howie Hawkins and Angela Walker, they are the green candidate for president and vice president. And do you know how it's like Biden 20 or Biden come on? Like, you know, they have like a little like a abbreviation of the campaign. And this one is H-20. So it's like (laughs) nice, you know. I thought it was cute because it's green, <laughs> but I want to highlight the the Green Party their platform summary. So you can get this information if you go to howiehawkins.us/platform. And so so they have, a, and I think this is another thing that you're seeing today and this week you're seeing people at the Democratic convention, you know, trying to form their parties' platforms and trying to form their policies that they're going to, you know, run their campaign on. And Green has been here and they've been doing it this whole time. So they have a COVID emergency measure for the duration of the crisis, which includes Medicare to pay for all COVID testing and treatment, emergency health care, A Defense Protection Act to rapidly plan the production and distribution of medical supplies and to contract trace and universally test and do a quarantine program to safely reopen the economy. Because right now, as we've said before, it's a lot of start, stop, start, stop, very messy. Uh, And they have been... OSHA temporary standard to provide enforceable PPE for protection for vo- for workers and a two thousand dollar a month um, to all adults over the age of sixteen and five hundred per child. And this is a thing that uh, Kamala has had her name on before. But again, the Democrats will often propose something like this just to say they proposed it and never really actively negotiate and actively fight and work with across the aisle. Um, because everyone wants to say they did something and the greens often do it first like the the green new deal originated um from obviously the greens (laughs) and popular democratic democratic um like i think aoc and a couple other like freshman uh lawmakers put up a green new deal but it was shut down and only got like a few votes i don't remember I don't know if you remember this, but it was like, I want to say like last year or the year before, definitely pre COVID. And, you know, everyone who says they're for a grand new deal in the Democratic Party didn't vote for this because they didn't want to upset any Republican or independent lawmakers. But just to highlight that things happen on different party levels. So ideas might be taken from, the Green Party or the Socialist Party and brought into the Democratic Party.
0: Yeah, they Um, they originated the Green New Deal, didn't they? Around 2016, I think.
1: Yes. So they put it all together and put a bow on it, and then the Democrats kind of stole it because they want to seem like they're they're left, but really a majority of Democrats, a majority of Republicans are actually moderate, quote unquote. But so I wanted to highlight that that the a lot of ideas originate from a party like this and get pulled into the more popular parties, but there's always an, an origin. So always be aware that uh, some people have been fighting for it, and also they want to do a moratorium on evictions, foreclosures, like all the good things you want. <laughs> the The Green Party for COVID, they're they're proposing that it happen, and they're running and saying that all this stuff they want to push for for the for the rest the remainder of the crisis. And if you go through, like they have an eco-socialist Green New Deal, like I said before, which <laughs> is zero to negative carbon emissions by 2030. I know, um, I think Biden wants to do it by 2060, like a long time off. And then there's no proposal, obviously, from Trump. But things like that, where you have to be aggressive and they're the Greens, the actual Greens, Green New Deal, is aggressive and they have plans for it and they're proposing it and they've been proposing it and they've been working with experts on the matter and forming their ideas and their plans uh, like a real politician should. And they have um, peace policies that they want to work for. So they want to do a pledge and this is a big one a pledge for no first use of nuclear weapons. And they want to. End endless war, so bring troops home. And Let's just
0: pause off. on these two things real quick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how
0: is it considered radical to pledge to not use nuclear weapons except in defense when you get nuked?
1: Exactly. <laughs> how but is it crazy? Yeah. How
0: is it considered radical to? It's actually not radical for most Americans want the troops home and don't want yeah. us occupying places. But this position is seen like it's is presented as if it's it's crazy. in the media
1: yeah and it's also not talked about like the Green Party and that's what I wanted to talk about it here because they're not talked about in mainstream media even just like fringe media like no one's really focusing on them because they know that they're quote-unquote never gonna win which realistically the Green Party over the years has not made more than I think three percent which is the uh, the standard that you need to meet in order to always be on the ballot, I believe. Um, that's
0: the thing I think people forget about why the Green Party runs for president. It's a desperate bid to get on the ballot everywhere and get public funding so they can yeah. run more competitive campaigns. If we had a fairer process, they wouldn't need to run for president.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's, you know, if you're saying to yourself, I'm not going to vote Trump, I'm not going to vote Biden, I'm not going to vote, period, consider putting your vote towards a third party because every third party um, just wants to make it so that they get 3% so they can be included. And once they get 3%, they can be brought to the debate stage and they could be get public funding, all this stuff, because you have to regularly get enough signatures to be on the ballot locally. So every state, there has to be an, an organized effort to get for example, the Hawkins-Walker name on the ballot, and they have to do it every state. And the the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, they have a coalition across the country already so that it's guaranteed, you know, that's why they have the... Ability to wait until the the <laughs> the convention to say who's going to be on their ticket, like who's going to be on their ballot. It's and... not
0: easy getting those uh, signatures too, no. because you have to watch out for fraud. Because as we've seen with um,
1: Kanye, Kanye <laughs> um,
0: like the parties, like clearly that was Democrats checking, right? Because Democrats yeah. would would have would face the most adverse effects of Kanye, like on being mm-hmm. on the on the ballot, right? Yeah. Um, Similar with the Green Party, so they're always under like a level of scrutiny that, yeah, exactly, that no one else is really under. It's and that's um, that's it's just interesting to me me how that how that goes.
1: And uh, and I do want to point out uh, Jill Stein, who has been on the the Green Party presidential ballot, I think for several years. I think this is the first time, um, in my memory, she hasn't been on the ticket. And um, I think a lot of it has to do with maybe if she's exhausted. But in last last uh, presidential election, there was a photo of her, and I think someone from I think Trump, and I want to say Hillary, or there was a photo where major politicians were seen in Russia. It at was a at dinner. an RT
0: gala. It's yeah. so overblown.
1: And it's they explained
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> but the Democrats think it's like that she's a, pu- a Russian... puppet of, 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 of <laughs> like a Russian asset. Yes, and it's, just, it's so so silly and stupid.
1: yeah, and it's and it's I was actually proud of her that she had a seat at that table because it is so difficult to be a green member and to be invited to things and being like seen. you know maybe be she hard. wouldn't
0: have went to an RT gala if MSNBC if CNN and Fox invited her to speak on TV exactly. Like but you can't just push people into the margins and yell at them at being that marginal stuff.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> but back to the back to the platform for this year. They also want to for peace policies, they want to cut the military budget by 75%. Um, And they want to reinvest that money, obviously, into a a global Green New Deal. And they want to form an economic bill of rights, which has a job guarantee, a guaranteed minimum income above the poverty level. They want to have a $20 minimum wage, affordable housing for all through universal rent control and public housing, um, Medicare for all, lifelong free public education, pre-K through college, and secure retirement. Um, so they want to double the social security benefits and they have a socialist economy plan where there's worker co-ops, there's a uh, public ownership of big banks and industries, a public monetary authority, a democratic economic planning, and then um, they want to have a production for use within ecological limits. And for political democracy, they want to have, um, they want to institute a ranked choice national popular vote for president. Um, they want to have proportional representation in Congress. They want to end party suppression, so fair ballot access and end voter suppression, uh, restore the pre, the pre bleh, bleh, the preclearance provision to the Voting Rights Act. Um, just common sense voting. And I think you'll have a lot of outrage from known Democrats about voter suppression, but then what are they actually doing? <laughs> yeah, and they the, wanna, the
0: Democrats don't really much about voter suppression um, yeah. they don't They don't make a big deal about it they'll, they'll complain sometimes when it's so egregious that they have to talk about it but they don't put forward big ideas and that's one of the things I like about the Greens people are cynical and say things like all these ideas could never happen or whatever but the government just giving everybody like $1,200 for one month that, if you asked me that in January would, would the government under any circumstances just give everyone $1,200 for just one month I'd be like, no. So yeah. That happened. So like what the realm of the political possible changes quickly with how people and are it mobilizing helped. circumstances.
1: And that happened with a Republican president, a Donald Trump as president.
0: Yeah, like, with Mitt Romney trying to get <laughs> more money and the Dems try like things are crazy.
1: Things and, are crazy we, right we, so, now. Yeah. And and also they want to um have voting rights for felons, which is a huge issue. And it just makes like, it just makes sense. Like, when you hear about the Green Party in the mainstream media, it's, they're crazy radicals. They're pushing extreme, ma-. but it's it's common sense. Like, yes. if you if you serve your time as a felon, you should not have your, your vote taken away. And there's issues already where um, former felons are trying to vote or they forget that that rule exists. And there's one woman who's facing two additional felonies to her because she voted when she thought she could. And they're going to try to put lock her up. Yeah. Because, of, like, that's insane.
0: What's her that's name? Insane. Do you remember her name or no? No.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could Google it, but.
0: No, it's cool. It's cool. I, I, I was just trying to remember. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I remember hearing about that. That's awful.
1: Yeah. Um, and then for social justice, they have, um, they want to enforce anti-discrimination laws. Again, just saying a basic thing. If you have the laws there shouldn't be any favors doled out to corporations or major businesses. If there's discrimination, there's discrimination, like charge them, you know, convict them. Um, and they want to restore affirmative action to provide equal opportunities. They want student medical debt relief. They want to defend abortion rights. Of course, like common sense things (laughs) they want equality. Um, they want an equality act an equal rights amendment, they want reparations for African-Americans. They want to honor Indian treaty rights. Uh, duh. <laughs> and then they want to enact rights for farm workers under uh, Fair Labor Standards Acts, which this is now making um, the rounds on social media. I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of people are posting about the migrant workers working in the the extreme weather of a hun- 100 plus degrees. And gathering and harvesting food, and the awareness is now there, the push for the awareness is now there to acknowledge that these people have often, they're, you know, cast aside and they are ignored or they are treated like, I don't know the correct word, but they are, (laughs) they're paid very little, they are worked (laughs) to the bone, and then they are ignored when they want basic rights like a fair wage or, uh, you know, breaks, um, adequate shade and water hydration like things that would enhance their ability to work and help the nation feed itself. But instead, they are marginalized and treated less than because of their employment or possibly even their immigration status. Um, so the fact that the the Green Party, their platform is talking about it and acknowledging it. I want to make sure that when you're posting about these issues that you say are important to you, why not vote that way? Why not <laughs> Why not take exactly. your vote and put it somewhere where it could actually become a main topic of conversation?
0: Exactly. The, the other thing I, I, I like about the Greens, is their proposals are pretty well thought out. And just compare that to... You don't know, have to compare it to the Republicans. There's, like, nothing mm-hmm. worth comparing there. Compare it to, like, the Democrats who, like, yeah. what what is Biden running on? I'm going to talk about this a little later, but, like, to restore the soul of the nation, um, exp- like, tax... Empathy. Like, his big healthcare plan <laughs> is yeah empathy. And his big healthcare plans like, taxing, what like, giving, like, tax credits for the Obamacare uh, uh, stuff. And you're just, like... Like it's so out of touch. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so like technocratic. Whereas theirs is kind of like a bottom up plan. It's like, well, you know, there's there's immigrants here who like they're here now and deserve rights because they're they're working here and people uh, the productivity has skyrocketed and if it did and if we followed the minimum wage with productivity we'd be making like twenty two dollars an hour. So why don't we just do that? And it's like, yeah.
1: Why don't <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just also common sense and it's it's you see problems across the nation and you see them when it's the most extreme. And how about we just nip it in the bud on the lowest level so that it doesn't escalate? Like they want to obviously legalize marijuana, decriminalize the possession of of drugs and hard drugs to um offer and facilitate drug treatment on demand, decriminalize sex work. It, it, it make, and also they wanna also, I wanna highlight this, they wanna pardon whistleblowers and political prisoners, which is-
0: Something, people don't even know that we have. We actually <laughs> do have political prisoners. Uh, one of them, uh, the most famous is Mumi Abu Jamal. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Like, what, like, it's just so upsetting that these, these happen issues, quote unquote, are just, it's just common sense. Like also they want to monitor and prosecute white racist terrorists, like to call that out. It's like, you know, and it's just, it's insane that if you, if you are a, a political official and you are saying black lives matter, and you're not also working to make legislation and produce it and, push it forward, to prosecute the white racist terrorist groups in our country, like, then you and really cops. don't. <laughs> and we cops.
0: Have to, we have to crush the police unions. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a green position, but like, it's it, it's serious. Yeah. Like, like they, they, they harbor white supremacists in their ranks. And, yes. And we need to deal with that. And I like that the green has some policies that are related to these issues that are like really, really decent.
1: Yeah. Well. And you could, it's, it's something you could hold on to and you could point to, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what Biden <laughs> and Harris are really putting forward because they're still working it out as a party. And it's August. Yeah. We have what? Three like months.
0: Three months. <laughs> this is the latest and, they've ever chosen a, uh...
1: like, come on. And then, um, they want Also, the last two uh, party platform issues, so media democracy, before I get into Howie Hawkins and Angela Walker and their background, so they want to restore net neutrality. They want to socialize social media and e-commerce monopolies. Um, They want to diversify private media ownership. They want to fund independent community-based public media like us. And um, antitrust action against media conglomerates and social media platforms Um, And then lastly, tax justice. So they want to end social security tax cap on high incomes. They want to end fossil fuel subsidies, cut corporate welfare. Um, They want to do a financial transactions tax, progressive wealth tax, a progressive estate tax. They want more progressive personal and business income taxes and land value tax. Like it's every, everything is thought out. Every issue is touched on that we're facing as a, as a nation and it's sorry i'm losing my voice it's so important that when the greens are involved like this kind of platform is involved on a national level and they're talked about these issues are talked about on a national level and you have candidates who are actually (laughs) like staking their name on these issues if they were talked about in in mainstream media more often then the conversation would be so much more enriched it'd be You'd actually have debates that mattered, you know? It wouldn't be all about Republicans are pro-life and, and Democrats are pro-choice. It'd be like, well, let's actually look at the actual the issue itself. Like, why <laughs> why is why do you want abortion? Why do you want family planning? Why do you want a free pre-K? Why do you want access to this stuff? That's the actual issue. You can't be pro-life. And not care about the life that you are saying needs to exist. Well said. You know, like, are you kidding me? Um, so that's the Green Party <laughs> a position on the, the major issues that they're putting forth. But I want to talk about really quickly a little bit about um, Howie or Howard. Uh, everyone calls him Howie Hawkins. So he was born in, on December 8th, which makes him a, uh, a Sagittarius. I don't know if I understand. Like
0: you, do, you do this for every. Uh, <laughs> I know.
1: I'll bring in a little, a little astrology for uh, those who are into it because I think you uh, often politicians are looked at for their image and uh, not even their voting record, unless they're in a debate or they're being accused of doing something awful, then they'll bring up. But these people hide behind a name and a party and. I think when you talk more about, I don't know, not saying that astrology is a science, but just thinking about connecting them to their audience, uh, I think is a good thing. So um being a Sagittarius, <laughs> if you believe in astrology, uh, he is a person who's radically honest, adventurous, optimistic, um, very, very independent and very emotionally intelligent he's naturally a curious person uh so i don't know if you know any sagittarius people in your life or but typically like the sagittarius in my life very high energy almost like <laughs> bouncing off the walls but
0: i don't know any of this. you don't know <laughs> yeah, no i don't i don't follow. but
1: it's It's the, it's just like the energy that they naturally have that is interesting to me. Um, So and it's what you need in a candidate for office. So he is a American trade unionist and environmental activist from New York. And this is all from this from Wikipedia now, because I don't want to read off his party platform because it's usually all the like the wishy-washy happy things about the person. Um, But when you go into Wikipedia, you know, the deep web. Um, (laughs) you get a little more information about them so he is he's played leading roles in anti-war anti-nuclear efforts he's a pro worker person who's been this way since the 60s which is a thing that i think a lot of bernie people might appreciate about him because oftentimes like i was for bernie because he was someone who had these opinions for this whole time. And he, his voting record was this way for his whole political career. And oftentimes you'll see a lot of flip-floppers who just go with what's popular at the time, a.k.a. Uh, <laughs> Biden. <laughs> and he has, he's run for various offices on 24 occasions, apparently all unsuccessfully. <laughs> he was a New York, the New York Green Party candidate for Senate in In 2006, in 2010, he ran as the Green Party's candidate for governor of New York, which restored the ballot status for the party when it received more than the necessary 50,000 votes. So imagine that. like Even though he lost, which is what typically the Green Party's motivation is, is even though he lost, he restored the ballot status for the party, which is mission critical for any serious political organization in this country because we're only in a two-party system right now, um, and a majority of Americans, more I think around more than half, are unregistered as Democrat or Republican. So keep that in mind, everyone, when <laughs> people are acting like you can only vote blue or red, and you're not considering the biggest voting block is independent people. Like, come on. So he also ran for mayor of Syracuse, and he received 4% of the vote. And then he ran, apparently, for the governor of New York again, but received less than 2% of the vote that time. So, because it's a lot of information that I've been trying to, like, figure out what to include, what not to include. Um, so his political positions, he, in 1993, he favored, and uh, I'm going to mispronounce this, <laughs> an anarcho-communism or communist an- anarchism. and Anar- commu-
0: an- anarcho-communism brief three-sentence description <laughs> is basically the belief that the kind of society that we should have is one where it's classless, stateless, without race, meaning like no racism. And <laughs> the way you do that is by empowering workers to basically take over society and kick out the rich people um, and basically force rich people to work like we do. Yeah. And That's the tradition that anarcho-communism comes from.
1: And he also has favored uh, libertarian municipalism. So, and this was described as, quote-unquote, according to Wikipedia, the best way of integrating a worker's control and the community control in a process of social change that ultimately yields in a marketless, moneyless, stateless, cooperative commonwealth. Yeah, Um,
0: um, I'll take just a little issue with that, just to add. Yeah, you take it. So... (laughs) Just, again, in a brief, like, three or four sentences, because these are, like, deep ideologies with yeah. lots of history and background, so you can't really sum them up in, in a couple sentences, but just to give, <laughs> as a reference and idea, so you know what's going on. Libertarian municipalism grew out of the anarchist tradition from a American anarchist philosopher named Murray Bookchin. Towards the end of his life, he drifted away from anarchism for certain reasons, and developed the idea of libertarian municipalism, which kind of is what it says, that's what it purports itself to be. And basically it's more about constructing local power to take over state power in general. And the only place on earth right now that practices libertarian municipalism or says they do is in Syria, in Northern Syria, there's an area, because of the civil war that was there, there was a kind of a semi-revolution by the Kurds in the north in an area that they call Rojava and they there practice or claim to practice libertarian municipalism so if people are interested in that in practice I would check that out and if you're interested in libertarian municipalism in general check out Marie Bookchin as for anarcho-communism you could check out like the tradition starting with Mikhail Bakunin evolving up to people like Rudolf Rocker although he's more of an anarcho-syndicalist but it's close
1: enough. Yeah, but Peter I wanna Kaporkin.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I also want to point out um that he also he rejects the idea of being a party within a party. So the Bernie Sanders idea of being, you know, a, a socialist group within the Democratic Party, but um he says that like you should just create your own party, you know what I mean? You yeah, should create your right. own group. Like it it doesn't make any sense. And I also want to point out that. These terms are usually thrown out there, like when you hear someone's an anarchist. Like we've been taught to think that's scary and yes, think that that's an same extreme. Com- same thing yeah. with
0: communism, socialism, anarchism. All of it. You need to ask people what they believe. So, yeah. like if someone says they're an anarchist, or you hear that someone's an anarchist, don't dismiss it, or like communist and all that stuff as well. Don't yeah. dismiss them. Like investigate what, what that is. means, and <laughs> also pause and say who is calling calling them these things yes. right so it's, it's worth doing that otherwise you're like the, the political spectrum in the U.S. as you know and it is so narrow yeah so like it, it, you, there's a wealth of ideas especially on the left of trying to figure out how to make the world better and it's worth looking at that stuff
1: yeah and I and I also that's all the political stuff about him and his engagement over the years but I want to also highlight um that he is a retired teamster and construction worker so from 2001 until his retirement in 2017 he worked for the uh, the ups in um doing the night shift unloading trucks so he's i love a-
0: that he has both a radical and like an actual worker
1: background yes and this yeah. is the same thing with uh his running mate angela nicole walker So she is the VP uh, for the nominee for the Green Party. And she is a, just again, for astrology (laughs) lovers, she is a a Capricorn, which means that she's a a natural hustler. Like she's very goal-oriented and ambitious and doesn't mind working hard. You know what I mean? Like Capricorns naturally, you'll see them in in the business world because they are, they just naturally want to work. Like, they want to work hard, they want to accomplish a lot, and they're not, they're modest about their success, but they are naturally very successful people. Because it's just in their nature, Um, because they're able to narrow in on what their goals are, and what the micro goals leading up to those big goals are, and just work towards it diligently. So she just her Capricorn background. (laughs) She was born on January 19th. So just letting you guys know. But she previously was the vice presidential nominee for the 2016 election for the Socialist Party of the United States, obviously. And she ran previously in 2014 as an independent socialist for sheriff of Milwaukee County, Wisconsin. So I always like to see when candidates like not they hop around for certain political office positions, but it's interesting to see that she was uh she's a VP and she was a VP for a different party. And then she also um, ran for sheriff, which is, it's just comical to me, you know, <laughs> like you think of sheriff races. I, I think you have to be, uh, I don't know. Cause I just think of a sheriff as an old timey Western image, uh, <laughs> even though it's. Yeah. Right. Modern. Also
0: you don't usually expect us the run for sheriff this is funny
1: yeah uh so she was born in milwaukee wisconsin she went to the university of north florida and she while she was in high school um she organized students to in support of creating a black history course at her school which was i believe a majority white school and the fact that she was able to do that at such a young age again it oftentimes you'll tell younger people that they need more experience or that they just don't know enough about the world or you know they're I don't even know they're just too optimistic. But I wanna highlight like the what is it, Greta Thurnberg? Is that her name? Who was doing all the like how old was
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't know, like 13 or something, right? Yeah.
1: Like don't ignore the fact that if you have passion and you can organize, you can make Literally anything happened. Like, Greta is now a household, globally a household name, and she w- did it before she was, maybe even had her first period. Like, it's <laughs> it's crazy that you're able to do so much and still be, I guess, like a little kid, you know what I mean? And it's just amazing. So she did that, and she also studied at the University of North Florida, but dropped out uh, because... She said, quote, she could make more money as a bus driver than as a teacher. So (laughs) she then worked as a bus driver for Greyhound Lines. And she describes her life apparently as an odyssey. This is all from Wikipedia. So she moved from then to North Carolina, where she married and moved back to Florida. She ended up moving back to Milwaukee and was hired as a driver for the Milwaukee County Transit System. So again, you have these people who both candidates on this ticket actually worked, you know, for a living, (laughs) who actually worked and simultaneously organized mass movements to achieve the goals that they see need to happen in order to make a, you know, a more perfect union. So, in 2001 she became a legislative director for her local amalgamated transit union which represented transit system drivers and her position coincided with the rise of an anti-labor union tea party and the election of Scott Walker as Wisconsin's 45th governor. Everyone knows Scott Walker, I mean. So, she was also very active in the Occupy movement which the ATU supported and she's worked as a bus driver for um over 14 years and is currently employed as a dump truck driver. So she's a person who has (laughs) worked her whole life and has actively used her voice and her her organizing to push forward, I would say, common sense laws and legislation and supported movements that Again, the Demo- the Democratic Party has supported in the past, but what have they actually done? So, want to highlight all that. I don't want to keep this segment going on too long, but I want to highlight the Green Party for New Jersey because number one, they're not being talked about in mainstream media. Number two, they're being talked about as uh, being a spoiler number 3 they're being talked about often as a uh, <laughs> a russian fixture to manipulate the election results and number 4 the overall goal and the belief is like obviously the green party is not going to win the presidential election they almost 3% they're not percent. they know that <laughs>
0: like, like so people need to ask like why are they running they know that they can't win, win yes right? And, and instead of leaving it as a spoiler from the people who directly uh, are like hate you and don't yeah. actually work in your interest, maybe like read what they say, like why they're running. Yeah,
1: And I want to highlight the idea that if you vote for someone who has actually worked, not been a campaign politician, not been a bureaucrat like teat sucker, people who actually know what it's like to work for an actual paycheck who has their money taken out of their paycheck, who um, every year has to file their taxes. And often, more often than I think people who make a larger income, they're being pulled aside by the IRS about insufficient tax. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's every year I hear of my friends and family being accosted by the IRS, but I never hear, like, a Trump or uh, a Biden getting this kind of pat down from our government. So I want to highlight that if you vote for someone who actually can speak about your experience because their experience is similar, maybe you're going to see legislation and <laughs> laws being passed and things happening for the country that actually make sense for the common person.
0: I want to thank all of you for listening to this week's episode of Jersey Matters. Uh, be sure to check us out on our Instagram, our Twitter, our website, which you can find by basically just typing in Jersey Matters at all of them. <laughs> and and uh, we'll see, we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah. Goodbye, everyone.